my my other stipulation would be this. Uh, I'm colorblind, so bullshit. <laughs> no, Are you really? I, yeah, yeah. So He's it's color deficient. Color deficient. I'm not. I see color. I just can't see all shades and like they. Yeah. I still don't know if you're being serious. No, 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 that's, that's true. It's true. Right. Story. Yeah, I'm color deficient. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pulp Fliction. I am Brandon Rabar, your weekly host. I am joined, as always, by Jacob Crisp and Rachel Jameson. Now, this is the top five edition of Pulp Fliction. And this week, we reviewed The Martian starring Matt Damon. And we were all taken aback by the cinematography in the movie. And so we thought, hey, let's count down five movies that have great cinematography, right? So that's what we're doing. <laughs> we're counting down right? our top five favorite movies. Cinematography. I've been ga- I've how been going through that, that my this whole week. Like, how are we going to say top five cinema? To not going to work yeah, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not gonna, not gonna. I'm sticking with top five cinematography. Is <laughs> there you go? It's the official list name. <laughs> top, top five, five cinematography with great cinematography. I don't know. Maybe top five films with great, with great cinematography, cinematography that you've seen since you were born. <laughs> is that long? Yeah, no, that that works. This is going to be a we'll work it This out. is going to be a, a list uh, that Jacob <laughs> is going to do and Rachel and I are going to chime in. No, we we've talked about it before. Rachel and I are kind of radio people, writing people, uh, kind of the creative types. Jacob's more the uh, Jacob's visual creative. Hold on, I wasn't done with his description. I'm just defending just Jacob right now. Us. Thanks, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> but he is more. He, he gets into science and he gets into visual science. Things. <laughs> and so the Martian was kind of like the perfect. Uh, you know, I'm very visual. Very visual. I have a degree in art, and so I've always had a. I, my dad's like this too. We see things through the camera's eye. Right. So and you so, sound like the least creative person ever. Right, me? <laughs> yeah. You yeah, do. I know. Right. Yeah, you guys are a bunch of writers, you know, and you see everything in two dimensional, and I see everything in three dimensional. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. No, I don't know. Uh, my, you know, we talk every week about stipulations. Now, I do have a stipulation for this. Now, this is not at all what we had talked about, so I kind of went rogue here and did my own thing. My stipulation is this. I'm counting down the top five movies where I walked away, and the main thing I came away with was, wow, the cinematography blew me away. Like, so, this way, I don't have to talk about The Godfather again. Okay. Uh, you know, because so obviously there's. Brandon's list was, wow, that was a crappy movie, but it sure was pretty. But it sure was pretty. Not necessarily. There are a couple movies that I didn't really like that made my list because the cinematography was so great, but it could have been a decent movie, but really, I was really only focused on the cinematography any stipulations at all for you two i want to hear rachel's first um i'm not i'm not somebody who watches movies with cinematography in mind like i i can walk out of a movie and be like oh that was really pretty and that's the extent of my thoughts on cinematography um ones that are better than others stand out to me but i don't i don't necessarily go in depth and figure out this shot was great or i liked it because of this and that and the other i don't really break it down it's just i walk out and i think that was really like baz lerman 
movies. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, Baj Luhrmann. Okay. Like all of his movies, really beautiful. I don't really break down why they're beautiful. So this list was difficult me to me and trying to figure that out. I didn't really put stipulations on it, but I will say that I don't really know how to choose like one was more beautiful than another because yeah, they're different things. Yeah, that was kind of hard. It was. Um, that was my, the, the hardest thing about so this So I kind of just picked, I kind of ranked them by which movies I like the most or maybe... Uh, which ones I felt like I had a reason that I really liked this. Like I could pick out a reason that I really like that cinematography. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a mix of that. Also, cinematography is a really hard thing to define. It's very um, subjective. Well, it it's very like, obviously people who are in charge of that win Oscars. But really when I was trying to think of movies, I thought like, what are the directors that make really pretty movies? They're not really responsible for their movies being pretty. I mean, they are and they aren't. So, it's it's all a little bit weird. Cinematography is a little bit weird because it's kind of what is cinematography? It's everything working together to create a mood, basically, and a feel to a movie. Yep. Um, so it was kind of hard to break out like this was good because of the cinematography or if it was just all of the elements working together, which yeah. is kind of what cinematography is. And, yeah. the, so, and the real definition of cinematography doesn't help at all. The art of making motion pictures. I looked it up. Uh, I was what a like, bunch of jerks. Uh, that, doesn't, yeah. that doesn't help me figure this out. Yeah. So God, anyways, because that could apply to director. Or, yeah. Right. You yeah. Know. So anyway, not really a stipulation, but that was kind of the struggle that I went through trying to make my list. Jacob? Well, I didn't really have any stipulations, but what I did do, which if you're listening, you can't see this. I have like three pages worth of notes, and really the first two pages I wrote down every movie that won Best Picture in Cinematography, oh, going back to like 1960. I looked through all of those, yeah. And I also wrote down every movie that I either saw or I really liked that was nominated for cinematography. And then I wrote down on the side like other movies that I thought were really good that maybe should have been nominated or now they're cult films and everyone knows it for being, you know, oh, uh, yeah. visually stunning and, and things like that. And so, um, I, your 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 notebook there looks like for those who can't see it, which is all of you. Uh, his notebook looks like yeah. Russell Crowe from A Beautiful Mind. You can look like, at the first two pages. Like it's like intense. It's really quite There's amazing. I mean, if you really yeah, look at all the ones that won, here's one. And here's impressive. the one thing. I, the, the the main thing I took away from all of these movies that either won or were nominated, and this doesn't go for a hundred percent of them, but I I'll bet it goes for about eighty five. Is that a lot of these movies that won cinematography? were like uh, period piece movies. Yeah. Yep. Stunning, um, let's see, costume design. They had like, they, were, they weren't set like, you know, actually Kramer versus Kramer was nominated. So there's an example, right? Interesting. Right, right. Um, but you would never see a movie like that, whereas like Raiders of the Lost Ark was nominated at one point. Um, a movie like the... Uh, right the year it came out. Like say Slumdog Millionaire, like that one best picture um, because of maybe where it was filmed or, of course, Danny Boyle has his own style. But okay, here's another one that was nominated that's you know not on my list. Road to Perdition. Actually, it won. So like these really period... Pretty. Right, these, periods, these period movies... Where it wasn't just the the camera doing the work, it was right. it was how the characters were dressed. It was the the set the set uh, design. Yeah, right. and, it's how um, everything ties together. That's right. why cinematography is so hard to define. I don't know if The Godfather will be on your list, Rachel. But like Brandon initially said, well, I'm pretty sure The Godfather is going to be on this. I mean, and I did my homework on The Godfather <laughs> because what makes The Godfather to me is writing, acting, and editing. Mm-hmm. The music's good too, but that's what 
that's what to me drives the godfather i never really thought wow that's a beautiful movie to me those other three elements drive that movie when i think of cinematography again just like what you all said it's like i walked away and i was like ah there were just some beautiful shots in that movie right so when we watched the martian this week no this isn't the best list for the martian but there were some really pretty shots that were throughout that because you know it's got this red desert with blue skies and you're shooting the landscape and they're really kind of doing some really pretty elements in it um Another thing that I caught were the there are a pretty consistent amount of directors that we know that are constantly their movies are constantly getting nominated. Mm-hmm. Yep. Spielberg, uh, Ridley Scott movies, a lot of the Coen brother movies get nominated. Right. Strangely, the ones that you don't see, Scorsese movies because his are always highly edited. In uh, fact, the yeah. only Scorsese, Scorsese movie I saw that were edited was Hugo, period piece. Yeah, it was. And uh, Gangs of New York. Period yeah. piece. They did both look beautiful. See what though. I mean? Yeah. The only, um, what's your buddy who uh, who did The Godfather? Um, Coppola? <laughs> Coppola. Coppola. The only movie he had. Which which one was Apocalypse, Apocalypse Now? Apocalypse Now, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just learned a little, a couple of things about uh, when I was just kind of going through this. So, that those aren't stipulations, but I thought they were really interesting points, facts, things to consider when you're thinking about cinematography. It's all what you see through the camera's eye. It's it, Generally, it's like, hey, I walked away and that was a beautiful movie. Yeah. That's that's basically it. So I guess I'll I'll stop talking. No, that's no, that's let's get I mean, to the list. I think it's really interesting points, though. My my other stipulation would be this: uh, I'm colorblind, so bullshit. <laughs> no, Are you really? Yeah, yeah. So He's it's color deficient. Color deficient. I'm not. I see color. I just can't see all shades and like they. Yeah. I still don't know if you're being serious. No, 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 no that's, that's true. It's true. Story. Yeah, I'm color deficient. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you what how does that work as opposed to colorblind because in color if you're colorblind usually well whatever explain it to me basically uh for instance the easiest like green and brown basically look the same to me uh blue and purple look the same to me i can't really tell any difference uh sometimes red and brown uh shades really, shades really screw me up <laughs> so i mean i i feel like that's uh you know it, interesting. That's it's worth interesting bringing up point. as we're talking about cinematography. Like, I swear, if you're all black and white movies, I'm just going to give you the old head shake. <laughs> or no, I, I, I might give you the nod, like, well, I guess I get that, you know? No, I do see color. <laughs> I just, yeah. <laughs> I see dead people. <laughs> so here we are. Let's jump into our top fives. Jacob, your number five great cinematographies. How are we going to word that? <laughs> I don't know. But we need to. Jacob, your number five favorite movie featuring incredible cinematography. That works. Know. Cinematographies. Yeah. yeah. That's faster. That'll work. Top five cinematographies? Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. Your number It'll five cinematography. It'll be our thing. Man, we're social retards right now. <laughs> Jacob, your number five cinematographies. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wrong. That's so stupid. What a terrible uh, I have uh, There Will Be Blood. Um, I will continuously bring up P.T. Anderson, who doesn't get recognized. Um, I'll say this differently. Who hasn't been nominated for a lot of movies because of his cinematography. But we all know in this room that that guy knows how to direct a movie. Oh, absolutely. And there's so many shots throughout his movies, um, specifically tracking shots that are amazing. Now, there will be blood. You know, gosh, it's not really that pretty of a movie. I mean, it's yellow. It's blue. Right. Because of that mood. California setting, right? Very kind of grayed down tones. Very long shots. Very, mm-hmm. um, But what you notice is that there's not a lot of cuts. There's not a lot of edits in this movie. There might be a pan where it goes from right. left to right where just kind of you see that landscape. This is the area that we're dealing with, and it paints a good picture of the countryside of where we're at. Now, the reason I put this movie in my top five is because of the scene with a well... Um, 
uh, erupts. Here I am at the very beginning, basically, isn't it? No, no, it's actually in the middle of the film where the well catches on fire, and they have to deal with putting it out. And they do that that amazing tracking shot, and it helps when you have these other elements like Johnny Greenwood score, and they're running up and down that hill trying to put out the fire, and you've got that cool Johnny Greenwood's, you know, just. That little yeah. kind of chatter going on in the background, and you see all these men running up and trying to dealing with the issue. I mean, it's shots like that where it's like, man, how did these guys duplicate, pull this off anyway? I mean, it was just that good. Um, but the movie's very great, down, very dull, but very beautiful. Towards the end of it, we're really kind of uh, it kind of hits the fan, I'll say. And you're back in his house, and they just do a good job of capturing, you know, the environment around him. The lighting and, and stuff like that. And, uh, um, and that's my number five. I considered that one because I did think it looked great. But then you put stipulations on things. Yeah, th- exactly. That's That was my thing. I love There Will Be Blood. So my weird stipulations, I wouldn't. Oh, would, so it's going to be like that. Like just because you thought it was pretty. but y- Yeah, like, like, it's, like my main takeaway <laughs> needed it to be the cinematography. And there will be blood. My main like takeaway. You had to be your number one. My my number one takeaway from the movie had to be the cinematography. I am interested to hear your. But list. it was yeah. Daniel Day Lewis, obviously. Right, Daniel Day Lewis was by far my number one right. takeaway from There Will Be Blood. Uh, I'll just say that There Will Be Blood is my number four. Cool. Oh, awesome. because because to me that stands out because you say it's all gray and all that kind of stuff, but the t- the the cinematography perfectly matches the tone it of the movie. The tone it's very the movie. muted, but it all makes sense in it. It makes sense. For and in, in a way, it's kind of eerie, you know? Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, if it's in me, it's in you. There are times when I... I look at people and I see nothing worth liking. I want to earn enough money I can get away from everyone. What will you do about your boy? I don't know. Uh, maybe it'll change. Does your sound come back to you? I don't know. Maybe no one knows that. Doctor might not know that. Where's his mother? I don't want to talk about those things. I see the worst in people, Henry. I don't need to look past seeing them to get all I need. I've built up my hatreds over the years, little by little. Having you here gives me a second breath. I can't keep doing this on my own. With these um, people. Uh, my number five is Edward Scissorhands. And I know Tim Burton, bunch of crap on Tim Burton, but Edward Scissorhands works in that it's such a dark movie, but it's such a bright movie. That is like insane. The, the, I didn't even think about Tim Burton, but really? I think that's a good choice. The, the contrast between Edward Scissorhands being up in the castle and how dark it is and how everything's kind of, I feel like it maybe has a little bit of a, a blue filter to it. Everything's just really mm-hmm. pale. 
And I, I mean, it's basically almost black and white. There's such a, a stark contrast there, but those are the only colors. And then he goes into the town and there's so everything is so co- colorful and very Tim Burton-y. Yeah. Um, so just the contrast and that it makes sense within the story and all those kind of things is why that stood out to me. And I've always thought that was a really beautiful movie. And I like for for all the bad things about Tim Burton, I do like the way that his movies look. Well, as goes with his films, he has certainly has a style to them. And uh, I think it's certain. I think it started with you know Edward yeah. Scissorhands, and I personally like that style. And, uh, I know not everybody does. But and again, because like we had to bring up these elements, what makes this movie so you know pretty, and it's that set, the set design. Right. I mean, those houses, those neighborhoods, and and Even the uh, how they kind of created that. You know, it's just like yeah, the, the costume, costume and the makeup in it. You know, it's beautiful. And of course, with Tim Burton movies, he just has that kind of dark element to it, which I you know it's a, it, whether it's a filter or not, it creates a filter, its right. own filter. Right. It's, his movies have a look about them that are, you know, amazing. It's unique to him. I don't think I had, I saw one Tim Burton movie on the nominations list. I don't think I did, which is really weird. There he's might be, there, there's probably a couple in there because I didn't write down everything, but you know. He's definitely created his own style. When you see a Tim Burton movie, you know you're watching a Tim Burton movie. No doubt. This must be quite a change for you, right, Ed? Edward, dear. I think he prefers Edward. Oh, sure. So what have you been doing with yourself up there in that big old place? I bet the... I bet the view must be spectacular, huh, Ed? Edward. Yes? Mm, No, I... I just... See all the way to the ocean, I bet, huh? Sometimes. Bill, can I have a salt and pepper, please? Well, I think that's the one thing he's consistently done well for all the crap that he's been doing over the past decade. His movies always still look beautiful. That's for sure. Now, they always look the same. They do. Uh, but like, like I, I think that he definitely has his own style, but I think that it's been done to death. Now, I will say Edward Scissorhands does stick out in that it is really light and bright. In contrast to all his other movies... Well, I guess Alice in Wonderland is really bright, but there, there's no darkness to it. I guess that was the perfect... Uh, combination of dark uh, meets Charlie bright. and the Chocolate Factory was that way too. There's a lot of really dark scenes and a lot of really bright scenes. True. In it. Well, that's what Brandon. Well, <laughs> I forgot Charlie and Chocolate Factory even existed. Uh, so I won't, I, argue, I, I won't even argue that. That was a poke. Uh, yeah, yeah. That movie was terrible. Uh, it was pretty, though. I thought it was pretty. It was pretty. But it you know what was prettier? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It was a really pretty movie. Is that oh, your number I five? Should've... No, because oh. it was a great. There's a million. <laughs> so great many more takeaways. Yeah, from that. yeah. Uh, Brandon, your number five. Uh, my number five. Uh, Cinematographies is um, Pan's Labyrinth. Actually, nice. now Del Toro is another director whose movies always look always. fantastic. Yep. Uh, and my main takeaway was that it looked beautiful. Uh, you know, the creatures were crazy weird. Uh, the movie was creepy and all those type of things. But to be completely honest, all I really remember about that movie is how much I liked how it looked. That actually happens. I want to like uh, Del Toro more than I do. That happens with me to quite a, 
a few of his movies where I'm a little bit disappointed in the movie, but it's just beautiful. It's mm-hmm. and I'm excited about Crimson Pink for the same reasons. Right. I, I don't really know that it's going to be good. It looks like it should be good. They all look like they should be good. Yeah, but it's definitely going to be beautiful. He's like a young Tim Burton. He's like Tim Burton before Tim Burton became caricature Tim Burton. I can see that. Like I'll, I'll I, still I, go see all of his movies because they're that pretty. Yeah, I think his movies are really really pretty. I think he does make good movies. He does. I, I don't. Think probably Pan's Labyrinth has been his probably his best movie. I'm a big fan of the Hellboy, the Hellboy, both like Hellboy the Hell- movies. Yeah, both. Hellboy. But that's because he has that, just like what you all just said about Tim Burton. He has that look, that style. He does all of his own. But I think he's his movies are much more beautiful than Tim Burton movies. And you know, Tim Burton movies have a little bit more of a kind of a a laughter, kind of a fun side to it. They do. Whereas Guillermo del Toro's are no, very dark. much more serious, very, very dark. True. I mean, uh, Pan's Labyrinth has one of the meanest bad guys. You know. In it all does. the cinema. And he had a great death as well. <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, that was a cool movie. I, and that's definitely on my honorable mention list. Nice. Yeah. There you go. My number five is Pan's Labyrinth. Jacob, your number four favorite movie featuring great cinematography. Dances with Wolves. I thought this would make your list because yeah. you've talked about it yeah. so much. And, and it's a great choice. And I think a lot about uh, Kevin Costner's movies when that he directs like Wyatt Earp and Open Range because he does an excellent job of capturing the com- cap- capturing the countryside. Mm-hmm. And th- this movie was filmed in um, the not the Badlands in um, gosh dang I looked up before in front of, in front of Enid in, Enid Oklahoma. <laughs> it was filmed in South Dakota and Wyoming and um, just throughout that whole film just again how he, how he captured just that landscape it was amazing it was beautiful they really did a good, good job of painting back like Lawrence of Arabia does putting you in the settings there's nothing there and which kind of establishes the character there's nothing out there yeah it's beautiful to look at but it's just him by himself until he realizes that there's Indians out there as well alright let's unload the wagon what what leave it all here I'm staying too there ain't nothing here, Lieutenant. No, not at the moment. We don't know what's happened. So, so I things things being as they are, we might as well just turn around and get headed back. This is my post. This is my post. This is my post. My post. Jesus, eight crack What are you crazy, boy, Lieutenant? Son of a bitch. Jesus H. Christ. This is my post. All right, put all right? it down. Put it down. And these are the post provisions. You just all right, a... now get your ass off the wagon. Put it down. And help me unload. We're just having a conversation. Now put it down. Now, the other thing that's amazing about this movie as far as cinematography goes is the Buffalo shootout scene. How they oh, shot that yeah. entire thing. Yeah. No one had ever done that. Brought in thousands of Buffalo to do that, that scene in itself. And um, it was just amazing. It's fantastic. I mean, I honestly, I've watched that over and over and over. And there are times where it's like, how did they not kill a real buffalo? Right. Uh, yeah. And that's just, uh, well, it looks these like guys it. are good. It looks like it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, you could tell me that they did and I would believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just something, uh, I, I'm a fan of the movie anyway, but 
that's one of the main things I take away from. I mean, it could be because I'm from the Midwest and I see this sort of thing. I drive, I've driven all over the central United States and I have maybe a nostalgic reason behind that. Um, you know, why I'm, I, I'm, I, I recognize it more than I would like New York City, right. which I've been to these cities as well. But like, you know, I grew up in that kind of a setting. You know, Oklahoma's not as barren as South Dakota is, but I've seen those those countrysides and I love that I love that look I love you know I love nature <laughs> <laughs> now, did it, it win best cinematography it did win I thought, it, I thought it, it did win and uh, what was it my, my yeah, so did my, my number five There Will okay. Be Blood also won yes. for cinematography both it's kind of working out that way but I mean both well deserving but yeah it oh, yeah. won yeah and that's my number five four four Rachel uh, we already covered that my number four is There Will Be Blood anything you'd like to add to that I think we covered it. I don't know what else to say other than it's real pretty. <laughs> yeah. Other movies that came out the same year that Dances with Wolves, by the way, was uh, Dick Tracy and Godfather 3, both nominated. Yeah, yep. b- and both the cinematography and were Dick Tracy were was amazing. Now, didn't you, know? you say earlier that Coppola's only movie to be nominated was... No, that was Rachel. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> sure, blame shifter. <laughs> there Will Be Blood, the movies that came out that year that I liked and seen were Atonement and No Country for Old Men. So there's some something to go up against. Yeah. You know, for us to compare why it went out over other pretty movies. Right. Man, and I love that you brought up Dick Tracy only because it would make my list. It would 100% make my list if I didn't have my stipulation because I liked other things about Dick Tracy. Plus, all you saw was blue, blue, and blue, not red, yellow, and blue. (laughs) I can't believe you're partially colorblind. (laughs) My number four favorite movie featuring fantastic cinematography. Now, this was a movie I did not like at all. I hated this movie, actually. Uh, one of the most boring movies I've seen. Um, it's a it's an Australian movie from 1971 oh, called Wake I know and, what it is. Yeah, Wake, Wake and, and Fright. fright. Uh, Wake th- and Fright? Wake and Fright. It's um, Wake and then in. I am fright. fright. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a cult classic somehow. Um, Dude, those, those movie elitists... Like movie we elitist. think we're pretty elitist, but those movie elitists love this movie. Yeah, there's going to be some people who listen to this podcast who know exactly what I'm talking about. Critics love it. Movie elitists love it. It is so freaking slow um, <laughs> and disturbing. And disturbing. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but you know, you were talking about dances with wolves. Actually, a, a couple of relations here with dances with wolves. Uh, this movie did look beautiful. Um, it. It's filmed, it looks really gritty, it looks really grimy, but then, you know, the Australian outback and kind of desert and the and the land of Australia, it looks beautiful, much like you were talking about Dances with Wolves. And then the other thing that, that I had to bring up, you're talking about the buffalo shootout. I think they actually killed real kangaroos in this. They did. There, there's, really? Yeah, it's, they it's, did. it's kind of infamous for that. There's a scene where they shoot a bunch of kangaroos. And as you're watching, it's like, this looks like they're really killing kangaroos. And it's a long scene. They kill a lot of kangaroos. And then you look it up, and I was like, sure enough, they actually killed a bunch of kangaroos. I don't know if their laws are different than American laws or if – Peter doesn't, you know. That's about the time where Paul Hogan walks in and picks a dead one off the ground <laughs> yeah. and he has a rifle in his hand, right? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <yeah. laughs> uh, 
Anyways, I, I would love to hear if anybody out there has seen Wake and Fright and if you like it and try to convince me that's a good movie. It's just so slow and boring, but it does look really And modern. disturbing. I've never heard and of it. And weird. Yeah. It's like, what does it have on like Metacritic? Does it say? Yeah. 88, 88. out of 100. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, wow. People, people love this. I would be curious. You know, actually, Jacob, you would be a perfect kind of a science experiment for this uh, <laughs> well, because he loves he can appreciate movies that are slow if they look beautiful I mean 2001 A Space Odyssey is a, beautiful, is a perfect example so I'm really curious if Jacob would like it more than so, you and I did interesting. for that reason just because it looks so pretty and because it's shot it is shot really well yeah. uh, and it has a really realistic feel to it um, but yes, I'm curious to see if you actually like it or not. Okay. I'll, I've, I just marked it on my All watch right. list. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. I can't wait to see what you think about this. New to the Yabba? New to the Yabba. Like the old place? No, I think it's bloody awful. You don't like the Yabba? No. Will you have a drink? No, I'm toying with this one, thanks. Well, drink it down or buy another. Look, I'm flat broke and I can't afford to drink. What's that going to do with that man? I said I'd buy you a drink. You don't have to buy me one. Now drink it down. Two minutes, Keith. Don't forget the tomato juice. I'm Tim Hines. John Grant. Jacob, your number three favorite movie featuring great cinematography. My number three movie is 2000 Crunching, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, not, oh that's that's all that, my honorable mentions. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that is fairly common for people's minds to jump to just because it was so crazy beautiful. Uh, uh, when I think beautiful. of like really pretty movies, that's definitely one that comes to mind. I think Ang Lee is so talented behind well, behind the camera, even though he's not the one doing this. You know, the one thing about this list that really bothers me is I don't know one name of one cinematographer. Yep. And that we know I, I feel really ashamed about that. I think it's, honestly, to put it bluntly, I think it's bullshit that I didn't take the time to look it up. And I thought I wanted to. I just didn't have the time. Because yep. these are the guys who, who, are in all the, who yeah, deserve and, all the credit. And that's what sucks. Because all these directors get all the credit for it. You know, we talk about Tim Burton. We talk about uh, you know Wes Anderson. We talk about these people who make beautiful movies, uh, Del Toro. And we just talk about them, but we don't talk about the actual cinematographers. Yeah, it's just so unfair in a way. But let me get back to the movie. Uh, I, I just think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, there's so many elements of it that are, that are, that are amazing. They go through periods, just like the movie Hero, which might we brought up like one of our first couple podcasts, the old yep. one with Jet Li in it. That's a good one. Um, where... That's more extreme where there's, I mean, it's reds and it's greens and it's yeah. oranges and it's blacks. And it's it's a beautiful movie. Actually, it's on my honorable mention list. But this one's a little bit more subtle. But there's still, you know, there's green. There's, there's an area towards the end of it where it's green, where they're fighting in the trees. Right, yeah. You know, when they're fighting in the beginning of the movie, it's, and they're, they're in the dark. So it's more kind of a purplish blue like kind of look to it. Right. Um, when they're in the desert and they're kind of catching all that landscape. But... I mean, I had to kind of put Angley on this list, and so this is the movie I chose because 
Um, I wasn't a fan. I'll just say I thought uh, Brokeback Mountain was overrated for what it was, but there were some beautiful shots in it. More specifically, I thought Life of Pi was freaking beautiful. Yeah, it was. It almost and, made my uh, list. In fact, when we were when we were texting on the road, when I was on the road back in the day, and you, we were texting about movies, I said, "I bet that's a dark horse for at least cinematography." Mm-hmm. It won. Crashing Tiger one, yeah. Ang Lee. Um, it's funny because he'll do movies like The Incredible Hulk, and that just be a complete catastrophe. Yeah, but then he kind of takes out movies like this. Whoever thought? Because I remember when Life of Pi, the book came out. It's kind of like, um, oh, the Wachowski brothers when they took on Jupiter. Um, oh, yeah. What's the name of the movie? Ascending. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Ascending. like, how can we or, or Cloud Atlas? How can you transfer that into a movie? They didn't pull it off. Now Ang Lee pulled it off with Life of Pi. And so maybe I should be talking about Life of Pi, right? <laughs> but I just want to recognize that he has a, a, a great visual eye and Crouching Tiger. I've always loved uh, the look of this movie. Um, you throw in the really cool martial arts elements to it. Right. The beautiful, I don't know, choreography to go with the cinematography. Yes. Um, it's got an amazing score. Like, it's an all-around good movie, and it was up for Best Picture. So, I mean... I know it's a foreign film, but you had to cast that aside. This movie is totally worth watching, and, and it's it's amazing in so many levels, cinematography included. So yeah, the fact that a foreign film that's basically just a karate movie in a lot of ways was nominated for best picture tells you how good a movie it is. Do you remember and how big because, of a deal this was when it when it oh, kept it was, winning awards? It was humongous. Yeah, because yeah, it, it kept. I mean, I know Life of Pi had its moments too, but when. Uh, Crouching Tiger kept winning. Like people were freaking out because wasn't this kind of like one of the first, you know, Chinese? I don't know Angling's background, um, but Asian. But yeah, because it was Asian, uh, a lot of people were really excited about it, and rightfully so because the Academy was recognized. Right. Yeah. That was a big and th- deal. It was. It was a serious threat to win Best Picture that year. It didn't do it, but it was. It was a serious, serious threat to win it. And really, the cinematography played a big, big part of that. The how beautiful it was laid, made such a lasting impression with, with film goers and critics that it really had a chance to win Best Picture that year, which is pretty amazing. And here's what's nuts. So supposedly the sequel came out this year. It already came and went. Really? Yeah. You know you know that they came out with it, right? No. You didn't even know that they came out with it? Yeah. So um, um, uh, Chow Yun-Fat isn't even in it, but it's Michelle Yao. Oh, okay. Um, she's the main character of it. It was at the theaters for like that fast here in America. That's crazy. It probably is already out on DVD now. And mm. I haven't heard one word about it. No. Whether it's good or bad. Is it just called Crouching Tiger, it, Hidden Dragon 2? I I want to say it is. Let me let me look that up real quick. Well, uh, it's called Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, The Green Legend. Oh, look at Jacob, you dummy. This says it's coming out in 2016. <laughs> I could have sworn this came out this year. So I'm just going to delete all this yeah. out. <laughs> okay. That's why. So what's interesting about this is that they're coming out with a sequel next year. No way. Yeah, coming out, yeah, <laughs> coming out in February, supposedly. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, it won't be I, I Chai on Fat, but it is starring Michelle Yao. So. Hopefully it's not one of those deals where it's like in and out of the theater in like one week. Hopefully it has like, you know, long-lasting <laughs> life. <laughs> anyway. Rachel, your number three uh, favorite movie featuring great cinematography. I could have sworn it came out this year. Oh, like an idiot. I could have sworn it came out this year. Me and Rachel are going to be the only ones that knew you're an idiot. Oh, man. (laughs) Also, you keep turning and talking to Brandon like this, and then your mic doesn't sound good. Okay. Just a heads up. (laughs) Well, that's good. Nobody will hear (laughs) what you said about that. God. (laughs) 
my number three is Moonrise Kingdom. And that was my way of recognizing Wes Anderson. Yes. Because uh, actually all of his movies are beautiful. And t- But I picked Moonrise Kingdom specifically because I didn't start liking his actual movies until Moonrise Kingdom. It was the first. Well, I liked Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I don't necessarily count it for a cinematography yeah. list. Um, we can talk I, about animation I movies hate, later. I hate the life aquatic. Uh, I no, I hate don't blame it. you. I know a lot of people really, really like it. I fell really asleep like it it. twice. Yeah. I know. I tried to watch it twice, and it was so boring, but it was so pretty. Um, and so I, I kept, even though I hadn't actually liked any of his movies, I just kept watching them because they're really pretty. And so finally, Wes Anderson has started making movies that I like, like Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest Hotel, which was nominated. Yeah, Grand Budapest was great. Uh, it didn't win, did it? it was no, nominated, it was nominated but, for it, but um, um, it was really, really pretty. So... His style of filming is awesome. And, and he's not on my top five either. But like for me, it'd be Royal Tenenbaums first. I thought Grand Budapest was beautiful. And I, mean, I also like Rushmore. What makes Wes Anderson so great is how he slows down. And he always has those cool old music, you know, old songs to when they're walking slow-mo. His like, music is Who cool. wouldn't want to be seen like them? Who, wanna, who, don't, who wouldn't want to see themselves walking in slow motion like that with some cool old Rolling Stones song? Um for you, it's Moonrise Kingdom. For me, you know, it's it's Royal Tenenbaums because his style is so particular. I love Wes Anderson's look in movies. I right. love his look, his, his style of movies. Brandon, what would it be for you? What my favorite Wes Anderson or my favorite um, movie? I don't know. Am I spoiling something? Just Never mind. Anderson. Yeah, Never mind. I, I I have a Wes Anderson film coming up in my list. Oh. I'll say, uh, but I will say, uh, Moonrise Kingdom is my favorite. Wes Anderson movie. I did but not like that movie at all. I loved it. I, I loved, loved it. it I thought it just got really awkward. It did. But, but it that did, was but okay. purposely. Yeah. yeah. I I couldn't get past that whole thing and I just totally checked out after it. that. Not to mention he because of the things I'm used to seeing in this movie, the slow mo scenes, there wasn't very much of that in this movie. And I just there's like requirements for me in, in Wes Anderson films and slow mo shots, you know, um things like that. I just I just need and there was enough in that in Moonrise Kingdom plus the awkward element. Well, I feel like Wes Anderson walks that line of quirky and weird and then mm-hmm. smart and then sometimes he can go way off on the quirky side and he just totally loses me. Yeah. <laughs> um so I thought Moonrise Kingdom kept a good balance of that. And yeah, that scene was awkward but with reason. Yeah. <clears throat> kind of bird are you? I'm a sparrow. She's a dog. No, I said. What kind of bird are you? I'm a raven. Boys aren't allowed in here. I'll be leaving soon. What happened to your hand? I got hit in the mirror. Really? How did that happen? I lost my temper myself. What's your name? Sam, what's yours? I'm Susie. It's not polite to stare. Birds, ready. Who are you? Where did you come from? Go back to your seat. He likes you. Okay, Brandon. My number three favorite movie featuring great cinematography. And again, my stipulation is my main takeaway had to be the cinematography. And uh, my choice for my number three is Children of Men. Yeah. 
Oh, you like that one? Heck yeah, that's I a do. good one, right? Uh, starring Clive <laughs> Owen. <laughs> Let him finish. <laughs> starring Clive Owen and Julianne Moore. Uh, now, this was a good movie. Uh, some of these movies on my list I didn't actually like, but I love this movie. But still, my main takeaway was the cinematography. This movie just looked beautiful, and it was shot so well. From the long tracking shot, of course, it, well, the the famous shot no. was the long tracking shot. I, was, I had to watch that twice because I was like, did I just see what I think I saw? Yeah. That tracking shot where they're running in and out of the... The Rebel building. It's probably my favorite long tracking shot of all time. That's one there, of the most amazing some, ones, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. It's probably one of the most technically and visually impressive long tracking shots I've ever seen. There's there's a lot of good ones, but that one really sticks out to me. But, I mean, and also there's another scene where they're they're in a car going down. Uh, they're, like, in a hill, and they're being attacked. Uh, I've only seen this movie once, and that was the only thing I really remember. I mean, I remember the storyline okay, but the only thing I really took away was that one tracking shot. Right. It just blew my mind. I've never forgotten about that. It's it is, and 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 for me, that is just that tracking shot. But then also a lot of the different shots throughout the film and the cinematography just really stood out. I I just came away. My list for movies that I came out in the movie theater like, wow, that looked incredible. Yeah, we can talk about the story or whatever, but, man, it just looks so good. And Children of Men was, was that way for me. This was broadcast an hour ago. We have to assume it's just a matter of time before they identify the rest of us, which includes you, Theo. Why is he here? He's not fish. He's not one of us. I want him here. Key wants him. He stays. Now, we all agreed to deliver Key to our brothers and sisters in the human project. Right. But now we've got to reevaluate that position. No, there's no need. We move forward with the original plan. Yes! Hey, she'll never make it. The police are looking for her. We can find a way. It's what Julian wanted. We'll be risking the girl's life. Listen, listen. She belongs here. And this baby is the flag that could unite us all. We never use this baby for political purposes. My baby's not a flag. Make it public! What? What? Excuse me. You should make it public. Well, you saw the telly. She's about to be very public. Doesn't matter. She's pregnant. Oh, right. And then the government will say, well, we, we, we were wrong. Fuji's are humans, too. Yeah, well, whatever's going on, whatever your political ideas are, it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Oh, come on. She needs a doctor. You really don't Look, it. the government will take her baby and parade a posh black English lady as the mother. Nobody's the taking my baby. We all know this government would never acknowledge the first human birth in 18 years from a Fuji. A wanted... Fuji. Why don't we explain to Mr. Farron what they do to immigrants in this country? He knows. He's seen the cages. He's not that stupid. I feel like we're really missing out on Alfonso Cuaron movies. Right. Because he's taken so much time on this technical stuff yes. that we're missing out on good movies. Because look, what did Gravity take? Four years to make? Yeah. You know, some ridiculous amount of time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, what has he really done? Like three movies, I think. We, we need more of this guy just in... Um, you know, in, in Hollywood, but it takes too long. Kind of like uh, Kubrick in a way, but he's no, yes. he's no Kubrick, but that's right. Uh, Itumama Tambien. Did you ever see that? Oh, I love yeah, Itumama Tambien. Movie. That's one of my favorite foreign <laughs> films. And Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, I which actually is pretty deal. highly rated. It was. I remember that was one of the most highly rated Harry Potter movies. It was such a big deal when they hired him um, because... It was a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it was a big deal when they hired him. <laughs> it was <laughs> definitely random, that's for sure. Uh, Jacob, your number two favorite 
movie featuring great cinematography. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you want to talk more about Children? No, no, oh, okay. no. I, I thought Children of Men was amazing, um, <laughs> but because of the, how it looked, it was just yeah. beautiful. Uh, my number two movie is another foreign film, actually, and nice. it's City of God. Oh, that's a good choice. Um, I had a hard time choosing between this and The Matrix, to be honest with you. And the reason I chose to not go with The Matrix is because I just personally like The City of God more. I love The Matrix. I think it's I love sci-fi, and I, I love the story, and everything about The Matrix is great. The Matrix is what brought us that 360 style of how to shoot something, you know, wrapping around right. Neo yeah. and, and Mr. Anderson and all that. City of God does it as well. They do it multiple times throughout the movie. How long has it been since you all have seen this? Rach, have you seen it? Of course not. Okay, well, that's okay. I wasn't sure. <laughs> that's all right. Uh, but you have, I, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw it uh, probably a year after it came out, and I haven't seen it since. Really? Okay. I mean, I love it, though. Uh, so it's a 10 out of the 10. The shot actually. where the main character, and, you know, this yes. movie's set in Brazil, so, um, and we kind of brushed over it before. It's really yeah, got a ton of a children times. actors in it, a bunch of, there's nobody in this movie, you know, that, is famous <laughs> nobody no, not, at not, all. not not in america anyway. not no, well yeah yeah so i don't even think even there there's anybody right. so the main character is rocket this he's a good kid he's he's a photographer for the newspaper that kind of that story plays itself out as well but there's a point in the movie where like he catches himself in the middle of a you know a gunfight or a gunfight about to go down between either cops and drug dealers or drug dealers and drug dealers. And they just consistently will do like that kind of 360 rap shot. And his reaction, the reaction to the situation is just, uh, you're right there with him. You're, you're, you're Mm -hmm. in there. And uh, this movie's so well done because so much, so much of it is done a uh, handheld camera mm-hmm. um, as opposed to where it's on tracking shots. There's probably a little bit of that too, but a lot of this movie's on, on handheld camera, so it can get real shaky at times, which can be distracting, but in this movie it works really well. Um, there's a really cool filter to it where it's a kind of a high contrast look to it that's really beautiful. Um, you know, you're dealing with like a lot of diverse cultures in here, so whether you have a... And that can look really great on, on screen sometimes. You know, a lot of our Hollywood, you know, movies are usually white people or black people and whatever kind of settings. And you get a good mixture of that in here, and you get a oh, totally different sure. feel of what, what it's like to grow up in Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. Um, City of God is one of the best foreign films I have ever seen, hands for down. Sure. It's the highest and, rated one, I think, on IMDb, for sure. Well... I know that no, for film hounds, you know, we like to bring it up. And for those who've never heard of it, because it's out there. The movie came out in 2002. Um, it's one definitely worth watching. Certainly it's one worth remembering. Um, I'm afraid it could be forgotten one day. But for now... I don't think so. Maybe not between th- the critics, but yeah. for now, I mean, it's it's beautiful movie. And what really drives that is how... I think how it's shot. The story is really good too. Right. But how it's shot is fascinating. Because oh, you is. have to take that camera in and out of those streets. Oh, yeah. You know, that's why it works so well in handheld. You feel like you're really running with the kids. You know, in a way, it's sort of like Slumdog Millionaire when they're kind of running through yes. all those lanes and yeah. whatnot. Um, those little back alleys. You get a feel for that. You know, if someone's hiding behind a wall, you know, the camera's hiding right there with them looking through like the holes right. in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the cement. Like it does a great job of showing perspective, point of view, uh, and that sort of thing. City of God is it, it's just a tremendous movie and visually stunning. Absolutely. It, you really should watch it if you haven't seen it. Anyone listening or let's, let's or hosting talk about on this it for podcast. the next uh, month and a half or so. So when I watch it, I can be a little bit let down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, I, everyone who's seen this that I know loves this movie. Uh, it probably a lot of people haven't seen it because it's a foreign film. But man, it, it's one of the best foreign films you'll ever see. 
Rachel, your number two favorite movie featuring fantastic cinematography. My number two is The Artist. Cue Jacob's groan for this. Um, I think visually it was good. Visually, I thought it was fantastic. And I thought it was, it stood out to me in being impressive because it's not just because it's a black and white movie, which I've heard you mixed it like I people think just it's liked incredibly it overrated. it was just a black and white movie. <laughs> but it wasn't. They somehow pulled off making it feel like it was a legitimate old movie, like a 1920s movie well, to me. Well, a silent film. That's, that's what it is. Not because it's black and white, because it's a silent film. Right, but a really good silent film. It's, it's an okay silent film. <laughs> I'm with Rachel on this one. I love the art. I know you I all do. I thought it was beautiful. I, and I know it's black and white, but but it was beautiful. I don't I don't know what else to say. You got anything to add here? I, no, it was, it was it great once, for me because so. I was on equal footing with, with all of you guys. We saw the movie the exact same way <laughs> because it was black and white. I get it. Get color it. deficiency. Color def- yeah. I get it. Yeah, color blind joke. Boom, boom, tsh. Uh, no, I, I thought it looked beautiful. I thought it did look like an old silent film. Uh, and, and the thing with black and white movies, I think a lot of people are just opposed to watching black and white movies. This somehow was black and white, but still beautiful. Yeah. Oh, no, I love black and white film. I, I right. have a great appreciation for it. That wasn't my problem with this movie. My mind is just that I just thought it was overrated, a little bit cheesy. Um, I don't even think it should have been nominated personally. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I liked it, but I not. It's kind of like the Hurt Locker in a way, you know. No, I'm with or you on Hurt Avatar, Locker. In a way. I, I couldn't I mean, see in Hurt Locker. You know, it's funny that all three of those movies I just said they were all nominated or at least one, right? But so you know, just because it pulled off a certain trick, cinema, just because you're great cinematography doesn't mean you should win the Best Picture. You know, that, that's all my thing behind the artist. I love black and white film. Like, I'm not going to talk about, you know, Raging Bull today, but Raging Bull is one of the most beautiful black and white films ever was. Yeah. Uh, Good Night and Good Luck, great black and white film. Yeah, right. Obviously, Schindler's List, yeah. not on my top five, yeah. beautiful black and white film. It's in my, you know, yeah. honorable mention. I love, because I used to shoot some black and white photography. I love working in the dark room and all stuff. I, I have a great appreciation for it. For me, it's because it was a silent film. That's why it was nominated. We hadn't seen it in a while, and I thought it was just okay. But it was pretty, right? It was. It was pretty. Yeah. They, <laughs> and then they did because you know there were scenes, especially where it kind of hits the fan in that movie, where I believe they kind of tilted the camera just a little bit to kind of adds a little bit of chaos to it. Right. You know. You know, if the camera's like more straightened out, you know, straight plane, straight lines, you're just in the story. But if you just tilt that camera, or or for, you know, or a picture camera, just enough, it adds a little bit of a. You know, it, it throws you out of the element. And the, that movie does it at some point. I think especially when the house catches on fire. And I'm only going off of this. Oh, yeah. I, it's right, been yeah. years since right. I've seen this. But I believe that happens. That camera may have even fallen over on the floor at one point. I'm, I can't really remember. I can't either. But that's those are cool tricks. I mean, and I really enjoy when they think outside the box. There's like, hey, we're, yeah, we're, we have a, you know, 2011, we are dealing with the black and white. What can we do to kind of take a spin on it right. for the silent film? And they, they do take it out of that element. I appreciate that for sure. So, no, my, my issues isn't with how, okay. it, was, how it was filmed. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, Brandon, your number two? My number two was Moulin Rouge. Now, again, you have to remember my list are simply movies that I came out. It's I like that come you put like this disclaimer time. every single time. Don't think that I like this movie, guys. No, no, I Moulin actually do, I, I do like Moulin Rouge, though. This is one of the ones that I actually do like. I, I legitimately like Moulin Rouge. Y'all know how I feel about Bass Lehman. I'm sure it's why you kind of said that a little bit, because he can be a handful. This is the he one can. that works. Yeah, it does work. Like, I, I also consider The Great Gatsby because, again, I think it was yeah, beautiful really to look at. And that was the main thing I came away with. But I actually legitimately like Moulin Rouge. And 
my other takeaway was like, well, Ewan McGregor is kind of a decent singer. That was kind of surprising. Uh, <laughs> my other takeaway is like they screwed up uh, Elton John's best song ever, and I was kind of upset. But all that said, this was a beautiful movie. As a matter of fact, if you're just like, hey, what are the top beautiful movies off the top of your head? Moulin Rouge would be one of the first ones I think of. I just like watching Moulin Rouge. I could just turn the sound off and just look at it visually and be impressed. He he makes really, really pretty movies. Uh, the colors that I saw were really, really pretty. <laughs> he makes really beautiful movies visually. That's good. He, he throws a lot at you, that's for sure. Um, because what he does a lot is kind of he speeds up, you know, the film. Yes, so he does. I don't. I mean, we know what slow motion is called. What do you call fast motion? Fast motion. Yeah, sure. that doesn't even yeah. sound right. But you know, you know, it could be it could be like a quick zoom in, and but then all of a sudden someone's screaming. That's my problem with Baz. It's just like yeah, you know, it's like an overload of the senses. He's, not only is he like just zooming in, or like you're rushing that camera right into someone's face. Then all of a sudden you got some guy going, you know, can can can, and it's like all right stop yeah <laughs> you know i mean you're like assaulting me here i like moulin rouge but so but if i talk about someone's other movies you know it can be a bit much you know and i liked romeo uh, romeo and juliet too there's some kind of cool elements of that maybe it's just because of the twist making it like in this century yeah. not you know three or four hundred years ago um but with baz Luhrmann movies you know they're they're certainly pretty he has a style to all of his own just like a lot of these other directors we talked about mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. My main takeaway was how pretty it was. That's what qualifies for this list. I didn't watch it actually because I heard the song before I could see the movie, and then I was like, "No, nah, I'm done." <laughs> no, the music actually the is music, pretty good. It's amazing. Like, it, Lazy it's, Marmalade. Was it, was it Fat? Was it Fat Boy who produced it? I have no idea. I heard uh, Lady Marmalade, I so, and I was like, uh, "I don't Fat need Boy to see Slim. this movie now." Fat Boy Slim. I'm pretty sure produced yeah, all this all this Fat music. Boy Slim. But he did the, a great the job. music is actually like it is kind of weird. I just like, didn't like that song. I like. I mean, they did the same thing with some songs in The Great Gatsby, and I really like those. But I just didn't like Lady Marmalade, and I was like, "This looks really cheesy." Well, that certainly got overplayed. Yeah, it did. It's like we get it. You can sing, but no, it's really worth a watch. I'm it's just really pretty. You know why? And I haven't watched it to this point. Just as far as visually and audibly, it's it's a great great movie. It's like a ten out of ten on both of those, and audibly now. I mean, just because it sounds so good, from the music to the oh, it was a, it was a. I mean, the uh, it sold a lot of uh, soundtrack, a lot of CDs. It's just yeah, a funny. This movie is so good visually and audio. It audibly. is. I'm just saying, it like your it just your, sounds good. And it your looks good. Ears that's an and your entire eyes will movie. be will be satisfied and pleased. A life without love—that's terrible. No, being on the street—that's terrible. No, love is like oxygen. What? Love is a many splendid thing. What? Love. Lift us up where we belong. All you need is love. Please don't start that again. All you need is love. A girl has got to eat. All you need is love. She'll end up on the street. All you need is love. Love is just a game. I was made for loving you, baby. You were made for loving me. The only way of loving me, baby, is to pay a lovely fee. Just one night, just one night. There's no way, cause you can't pay. In the name of love, <laughs> one night in the name of love. You crazy fool, I won't give in to you. Don't leave me this way. 
I can't survive without your sweet love. Oh, baby, don't leave me this way. You think that people would have had enough of silly love songs? I look around me and I see it isn't so. Some people wanna build a wall with silly love songs. Well, what's wrong with that? I'd like to know. 'Cause here I go again. I just want to say I think you two are doing a great job of thinking outside the box. You know, just trying outside your, your comfort zone. Yes, I yeah. get what you're saying trying. by visually and and, and audibly. audibly. Audibly, it's a good movie visually and audibly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jacob, your number one movie of all time. I'm really curious. I don't know what it's going to be with great cinematography. Um, I, I do love this movie. I, I gave it a ten. It it did win. Uh, you know, best cinematography it was up for best picture. Um, the main reason I put this at number one is because there's a mini series that goes with it that I would put in front of any movie that I name tonight. And it's Saving Private Ryan oh. slash Band of yeah. Brothers. I don't know when there's going to be a time I'm going to get to talk about Band of Brothers. But I'll start with, you know, um, Saving Private Ryan, the movie I just forgot the name of. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it's a Spielberg movie, but I don't think that's be the reason why. Because I think you all know that I like Spielberg a lot. Obviously, it's because of what he pulls off in the, you know, the, the D-Day you know, storming the beach. Um, a lot of that's some big, long tracking shots. Really kind of putting it in our face, like what's there. Um, the special effects as far as, and I mean practical effects, where you've got explosions going on around oh, yeah. it. You've got men holding their guts in their stomach. And, of course, you add on, which he's done when he gets more serious about movies. Not that his movies are ever jokingly, but like with like Schindler's List or this or Munich, they have like a kind of a grain to them. They do to give it that age, and he certainly does that. He he actually just kind of desaturates this movie quite a bit to where it seems very green, and it gives it a real beautiful element to it. Um, but it's not just the D Day scene. Think about uh, where characters get shot, like when they when they kind of the what are the eight or nine of them they raid the bunker hill. And you see them going, running through the smoke from the perspective of the, uh, oh, the kind of coward kid who's just kind of holding the, holding the ammo. And he's just kind of, they're like, they're like, they're like, get up here. We need some help. You know, all that stuff. And he's yeah. running through the smoke. To, and then he realizes that, you know, uh, um, oh, why does he have to have such a tough name that I don't have in front of me? Um, Tom Hanks. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> that was a good joke audibly. <laughs> So like when Gio, like when Giovanni Ribisi oh, when yeah, he gets yeah. shot, you know, yes. and then oh, you yeah. run up on that, and, and you kind of see like from that perspective. So much of this movie is from the perspective of kids who are in war. You know, from you know, not everyone's going to be your hero soldier. There's going to be a lot of I don't know what I don't want to call them cowards because they're serving our country, but well, guys yeah, who get cold I mean, feet, right? Yeah. What's and that, the, what's the right word for that? Um, it would be. Um, and I'm talking about Jeremy Davies uh, specifically, but they do that a couple times in this movie. Think about the scene towards the end where they have the big gunfight against bitches. the Germans, and uh, he again, once again, he's carrying all this artillery on him, and he's got to go help, you know, save Adam Goldberg, and he just kind of gets stumped in the staircase. You know, that's not editing. I think that the, they do a good job of keeping the camera in his face 
and showing his emotion, letting his emotions come out. You know, obviously, again, we have to throw in acting comes into play with this. Well, yeah, it does. And, it does. And, and, and but uh, that's my that's my take on Saving Private Ryan. Now, you multiply that times ten, and you have Band of Brothers, which is based on a true story. It's, I mean, I know I'm kind of going out here on this, but I really want to talk about Band of Brothers because what they pull off in this movie is I don't think will ever be done again. They tried it with, uh, what was it, Pacific? The Pacific. The, yeah, it was just, maybe that's <laughs> why I struggled Pacific. with it. Yeah. Um, so they tried to pull it off with the Pacific, but it wasn't even close to Band of Brothers. And again, because of how they continuously follow from the point of view, you know, handheld cameras, and they're they're running right behind these soldiers who are running into war. They're having gunfire shot at them. I mean, you really feel like you're in the in the element, completely in you know invested in the movie, in the scenes. You're right. I feel like you're right there with them. Anyway, it gives me great appreciation for my country. Yeah, I know I'm going to be like you know kind of nostalgic for a moment, but I mean it does. Like this is what these guys yeah. did for us, and Band of Brothers because it's based on true events, real people. You know, it does that. I know Saving Private Ryan isn't based on true events, but sorry, let me say that. Let me say that differently. It's based on true events. It's not based on a real story. Right. And it gives me a great appreciation for appreciation for it. And I think there's very few directors who can pull this off. Spielberg nailed it in this one. And, you know, again, this one did win, you know, um, best cinematography. And that's my number one. It's a bummer for me, to me, that Band of Brothers was a miniseries. I know that it was the best way for them to do that. But there's been some really, really incredible miniseries throughout the years, and that that would really probably be the best one. That Angels of America. What was the one that just came out that won everything? Um, oh, Kittredge. Um, yeah, all yeah. of Kittredge. I mean, there's been some some fantastic miniseries, but I feel like they kind of get forgotten, uh, you know, because they are miniseries. Because they're not and, a TV show, and they're right. not a they're not a, they're movie. Not a movie. And usually, so. you see them on HBO. Something like that, or maybe maybe even um, the History Channel, right? Or PBS. You know, what are or, the yeah. chances that you're gonna get to watch? Right. That? So so they don't get seen as much, right? And they're not as readily available, and people don't search them. They're not available on you know certain search. So it's it's really a bummer to me uh, that these miniseries don't get you know viewed as much as they should, and therefore get kind of forgotten. One last thing I, w- I do want to mention because you brought up Saving Private Ryan and the whole reason we're doing this cinematography list is because The Martian had such good cinematography. Did either of you think about uh, Saving Private Ryan while you're watching Matt Damon? Like, man, all these people are going through all this crap to try oh, to save Matt Damon. No, it, it, made me, it didn't even cross my mind. Good to- point. Yeah, it made me totally think of uh, Saving Private Ryan. All these people going to like the – Good no, point. Yeah. Wait, dude, what is it about you, Matt? You're yeah. in trouble. <laughs> well, and I also just kind of caught this too. Uh, the Thin Red Line also came out the same year as Saving Private Ryan, right. which it's kind of a Terrence forgotten Malick. war film. Yeah. yeah, Terrence Malick, who I've seen a good portion of it. I haven't seen all of it. He does another great job of you know shooting war, or he did a great mm-hmm. job of shooting war. Um, now, this is actually filmed, I think, in Japan and that right. whole area. Uh, totally different way to film it. I think that was more of a character study as opposed to Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, He's another one like Kubrick, though, who kind of tests your limits. Oh, uh, totally. And uh, actually, Tree of Life, I was thinking oh, about that earlier. Gosh. That's uh, like, I Screw liked it. I, I appreciate Tree of Life. It was really pretty. Uh, yes, you know, guess really pretty. guess uh, what movie beat it out. Just then this drives me nuts, but y'all will love it. As cinema, for cinematography? Yep. What year was that? That, that was, was 2011. 2011. It was The okay. Artist. Oh. Yeah. yeah, and when I think about that, it's like, wow, that's insane. But whatever, I number not, two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 
Rachel, your number one favorite movie that featured fantastic cinematography. My number one is Godfather 2, specifically Godfather 2, when I normally have time, uh, a hard time separating which ones I, I like better, one or two. And it's because of this one tracking shot that is in it. When um, Vito Corleone, played by Robert, Robert De, Niro, De Niro, yes, he's oh. running through Little Italy after... The rooftops. One of the dawns. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the rooftop scene, it goes on for like four blocks or something like that. I mean, that's, that's a great It's shot. a really long way. It's a great um, shot. And I know all of the tones are kind of muted and kind of brown, but to me that made it, that gave it kind of a rich feel that probably won't do any good for Brandon because it could have been green and you wouldn't have known. <laughs> um, but it, it was a, it was muted, but it was rich to me. And the, I remember that one shot specifically, and there aren't a whole lot of specific shots that I remember in movies. So... And like I said last week, if there's a list that you can put The Godfather on and you don't put The Godfather on, then you're wrong. Yeah, so. well, I'll just say this. It wasn't nominated. It, was, it didn't win That's and fine. it wasn't nominated for cinematography. <laughs> That's fine. But neither was 2001 a, Space Odyssey, so maybe I'm wrong. It's got yeah. the high honor of being number one on my favorite <laughs> cinematography's list. Well, yeah, I, I'll, I, I'll pick you back at what you just said about just the Little Italy stuff and really any time that Robert De Niro and that whole storyline was on the camera, they always – it was browned out. It was. Yep. It made you feel like it had like this tungsten look to it as a flashback, and then we go forward in the time, and we right. go with Michael Corleone. So they did a good job separating yeah. those right. two storylines. That works really well. And the Michael Corleone, you know, the contrast. You know what you're seeing with Vito. You know, there's the beginning, the origin. There's kind of hope and things like that, and and it's it's brighter for that reason. And then you get to Michael, and and it's this juxtaposition of these two, this father and this son. And Michael's gone the complete other way now, where he's completely cold, he's completely calculating, and and everything. Those scenes are dark. They are yep. filmed. He's so wearing he's wearing black dark. suits, and he's yes. sitting yes. in a dark room or things so, like that. Sometimes, yep. if you're if you don't have your brightness adjusted correctly on your TV, it can like be really super dark. Yeah, it's you it's almost hard to watch. Yeah. yeah, it's almost hard to see the figures because it's filmed so dark. But but I think it does set uh, you know such a great atmosphere uh, and the you know the corresponding parallels between the father and the son. So I think it's a great choice. Now, I know the Godfather movies, see, it's a weird thing, cinematography and art direction are so closely related. Right. Because I know that, like, because I looked it up, Godfather 2 is nominated for Best Art Direction, but not Cinematography. And it's such a weird distinction. Uh, and I'm not going to pretend like I know the exact thing that defines one over the other. Uh, I know that they both are basically how a movie looks, but I'm not sure what defines <laughs> them to the Academy. So... Uh, my number one favorite movie featuring great cinematography with the stipulation I'll mention one last time oh of my main <laughs> takeaway being the cinematography is The Royal Tenenbaums. No! Now, don't cheer too much. <laughs> oh, shoot. Because I don't like the movie. Uh, I actually... Yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> uh, again, my main takeaway was this. I think it looks beautiful. And and when I can think of specific shots and how great it looked, and I was just like, man, it was a fun movie to watch just because of how it looked. I was entertained by looking at the movie, even though I didn't really like the movie. I'm not a really big fan of Wes Anderson 
uh, before Moonrise Kingdom. Is this the movie and, that you've been talking about for weeks? No, it's not, but I knew that this God, You're just you torturing too. me, not man. Not even close. There's so a movie much... that Brandon supposedly doesn't like that I like that he's just been poking fun at me. It's, it's so much worse than this one. It's going to come up at some point. You're going to like... You don't or, like the Royal Tenenbaums? I don't... I, Here's my deal with Wes Anderson. Like, I know he's got a, a certain brand of humor. I mean, like, I've watched all. I've watched Rushmore. I've I'm watched judging Rose you silently Bombs. right I'm, now. I've watched Life Aquatic. I've watched the Darjeeling Limited or whatever. Yeah, that crap wasn't that good. Movie. It was stupid. Uh, but I just now the Royal Tenenbaums was better than those. I would say that was my favorite early uh, Wes Anderson film. Uh, but I just. Just don't get his brand of humor. I don't either. Really? Like, I just it just it's, it's like I get it, but it, I just don't think it's funny. Oh, you know, I love you know, it. it's, it's it reminds me kind of like some British humor is just so hit and miss with people. Mm-hmm. Like you know, some people can watch Mr. Bean and think it's the most hilarious thing ever. Some people watch Monty Python and think it's stupid. I mean, it's hit or miss. That's how I am with Wes Anderson. Sometimes he and and he's kind of made his humor more broad lately. And I and that's probably why I like it's more accessible. It's See, not to as me. It's no different between this and the Grand Budapest. Oh, no, to me it was different. it was to much much too. different. And that's probably because you like his his humor. Like you you get it and you think it's funny. Like his, well, the number one really influence stuff. for me and Wes Anderson movies are how he films his movies. Right, that's the num- that's my number one influence. And I love that. Like, Usually, I, number it, two is the music he adds to it. I love his, but music I love as well. his casting as well. And I always think he's I got agree. great characters and and. Specifically, the real Tenenbaums, his characters. I thought they're they're fun, they're funny, you know. But apparently, you're, and that's fine, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I I think how this dysfunctional family just you know falls apart. But Gene Hackman is so good in this movie because he's trying to keep it together, even though he's a whole problem to begin with. Right, I, and, uh, I and do. that's all fun. I mean, I'm, I can sit here and, and try to convince you. I don't. I'm okay. I'm thrown, but whatever. Can I ask you something, Hank? Okay. Are you trying to steal my woman? I beg your pardon. You heard me, Coltrane. Coltrane? What? Did you just call me Coltrane? No. You didn't? No. Okay. But if I did... You wouldn't be able to do anything about it, would you? You don't think so? No, I don't. Listen, Royal, if you think you can march... You want to talk some jive? I'll talk some jive. I'll talk some jive like you never heard. Oh, yeah? Right on! Sit down. What? What, what did you say? I said sit down! Oh, down. I heard you! I want you out of my house! I'm just as not your house! I'm the ass out! Don't talk semantics with me! No, this is not your... What's going on here? Nothing. <laughs> no, no, I knew I knew that you would be surprised, and I and I shouldn't say that I I dislike Royal Tenenbaums because that's not really accurate. I just think it's overrated. Really? Yeah, I just think it's overrated. Oh, I love it. It's my uh, favorite Wes Anderson movie. Is it? Yeah, oh yeah. I Definitely. I like it. I just I, I love how he and let's go back to the cinematography part. I love how he pulls off pink in this movie. Yes, and I actually I actually legitimately remember that. And yeah. I can see pink usually, and that's what he does in his movies. <laughs> he focuses on one kind of a color, and for this one, he gives he comes a little bit more broad later on. But in this one, he goes with pink, and I, I love, you know, how he kind of pulls that off. You know, he throws in some browns and some other muted right. colors in his movies. Obviously, Life Aquatic was more aqua. Uh, uh, what was the the Fantastic Mr. Fox was kind of an orangish brown. Yeah, Grand um, Budapest was 
would you say it was pink Grand or purple? Grand Budapest had pinks and purples. God, Grand, Bud- Grand Budapest was beautiful. Yep. It was really well shot. I love Grand A lot Budapest. of pinks and um, purples. But the number one influence with me and Wes Anderson, uh, how he shoots his films. Yeah, and, and, and I love the way he shoots his films. Yeah. I love the music. All those things and you he said. And he uses Futura really font. just his, his humor. In the early movies, yeah. I just I just don't get into it. I like it. look at this old grizzly bear. You know? <laughs> I mean, there are things that I think are funny, but like for every hit that I get, like in those, like there'll be three misses for me. Yeah, yeah. Here's a, a, a interesting fact about Wes Anderson. For the most part, outside of Moonrise Kingdom, he uses Futura font for all of his movies. Oh, really? You wouldn't know that unless you did graphic design stuff. No. But <laughs> it's a it's a very famous font. There you interesting. Go. Yep. There you go. That is our list. But we do have some honorable mentions. Now, Jacob, uh, Jacob's honorable mention is going to have to be a different podcast that we'll have to <laughs> record separately. Because he has three pages worth of information. Well, uh, of this- I'm impressed by his, his homework that he did for this show. He did though. do a lot of homework. It's, it's funny because I will say this is the list I was by far the least prepared for. And this would be the list, obviously, that Jacob has been the most prepared for. So, uh, no, that's, that's a compliment to you. I just... Uh, so, do we run through Jacob's first or ours first? I want to hear yours. And Okay, mine will be pretty quick. I mean, there's quite a few of them, but I'll be quick about it. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, I did have all my honorable mentions inside Lewin Davis, because I feel like the Coen brothers should have been recognized by somebody. They on, were all over the map in as far as nominations yeah, go. They've, they've got... They certainly deserve it. I love their style of movies. Yep. Actually, well. really similar to Wes Anderson in a way, outside of like way overdoing it, because I think there are certain directors that we need to talk yeah. about specifically. Coen Brothers, Coen Brothers definitely deserve to be you brought know, up. Kubrick didn't come up at all. You know, P.T. Anderson barely it, yep. came up, yeah. but just one movie. Um, I have Hugo. That movie was really freaking it was beautiful. beautiful. It won, I think. It, was uh, it should have if it didn't. Um, Black Swan. There will be blood. That was on my list. Chicago. Uh, the Good Wizard choice. of Oz. Oh, The Wizard of Oz is so good because, I mean, it's half black and white, half color, and it looked really pretty for its exactly. time. Exactly. Um, Sin City, A Clockwork Orange, American Beauty, which I'm surprised wasn't on anybody's list. Uh, seven. It almost made my list. It's a great, yeah. it's a great choice. Seven, Drive, The Shining. Um, I had Pulp Fiction, but that would probably work for Kill Bill a little bit better. Yeah, um, Kill Bill. I would agree with that. Yeah. And then Paris, Texas. Um. I stand corrected. Hugo did not win. It was nominated, though. What beat it? Um, I don't have it in front of me. Uh, What year did it come out? I'm going to say that was 2012. Uh, If it was 12, then that was uh, The Artist. Inception won in 11. Avatar won in 10. Slumdog Millionaire in 9. Yeah, that's some tough competition. But Hugo was beautiful. Um, What was your last one? The Paris one? Paris, Texas. I've never seen it. i never heard of it. It's a little... It's a movie, elitist movie. And the movie itself I didn't necessarily love, but I thought it was really pretty. Hmm. Brandon, you got Mm. honorable mentions? I do. Um, My honorable mentions, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was was mentioned. Uh, Sin City, Road to Perdition, Legends of the Fall. Sin City is a good one. Thank you. Legends of the Fall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was really, really pretty. Uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. Yeah, that one. It, it, it was beautiful. Hated the movie. Beautiful. Yeah, to look the movie at. was and eh, but yeah, it won. Uh, this is a funny one. Tron. I actually think. Now, the heck no, it's cool to look at. Yeah, it's really really cool. I to mean, look at. it's Tron. But yeah, but it's cool to look yeah. at. Even uh, the even the new one that came out. Yeah, Tron Legacy was that beautiful. Was, that was awesome. It was it was, it was, it was awesome. an awesome 3D movie too. It was. I'm not a 3D advocate, but that was great. To it look really at. was. Uh, Avatar needs to be mentioned. Yeah, I I, I, I nope. agree with that completely. Yeah. 
I, I hate the storyline, but when I rewatched it a couple of weeks ago, because we didn't review it like we were supposed to, <laughs> I, I really just kind of sat back and was like, wow, this really is a beautiful movie. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing what he pulled yeah, off. Absolutely. Uh, Amelie, another foreign film. Yeah, I thought about foreign, Amelie. Quite a few foreign films have been mentioned, but uh, Amelie was beautiful. Uh, it's on my at. list as well. A movie that I couldn't stand, that I thought was so overrated, and so many people liked it. It was so dumb. But it looked great. 300. Oh, you know what? I meant to write those down because I also liked Watchmen. Watchmen followed the yes. book yeah. page for page outside of the ending. Right. And I'm pretty sure 300 is based on a graphic novel it as well. well. And, and I'm pretty wh- sure he followed that page for page as well. That's why I almost mentioned Sin City. It's kind of impressive yeah. that you can turn a graphic novel into such a beautiful movie. I am not a fan of Zack Snyder. I don't know if I'm a fan of his or not. I thought 300 looked amazing. I thought Watchmen looked amazing. Yeah, exactly. God, they're so slow. Yeah, they are. They're, yep. they're, and they're kind of ridiculous. Yeah, they're dumb. But they sure kinda, are pretty. They're yep. kind of dumbed down. Yes. It's, Watchmen yeah. was beautiful. It was. Uh, Gravity, actually. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. a big fan of the movie, but I loved the cinematography. Lawrence of Arabia. We talked about this when you watched yep. it a few weeks ago. By far and away, the, the greatest takeaway from Lawrence of Arabia is the cinematography. Oh, yeah. Then a couple of uh, indie movies that I thought looked beautiful. Uh, Sunshine and The Fountain. Sunshine's Danny Boyle, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And The Fountain. Oh, The Fountain. Uh, who did that? That's um, it's someone we know. It's, yeah, uh, it's Aronofsky? A, yes, yeah. it's Aronofsky. Which, God, Aronofsky, which, you know, Rachel said Black Swan. Right. You know, that guy's. you can say the same for almost all of his movies. Requiem yeah. for a Dream, yep. too. Of course, there's some really fascinating editing going on there, but his movies are generally beautiful. They are, absolutely. Yeah. So that is my list of honorable mentions. Now, Jacob has done some serious research. Uh Anything you need to know about cinematography, text Jacob, and he'll <laughs> well, tell you. Honestly, you all said a lot of my honorable mentions. Oh, okay. And, like, okay. Like, and I put The Matrix and you know Bannon Brothers like at six and seven mm-hmm. because I knew I would talk about them with other movies that I've already brought up. Or you know, Life of Pi up there as well. Amelie is at my number eight. I oh, really nice. thought about putting it on my list. That's awesome. I, lo- I mean, because I'm a big fan of Amelie. Yeah, I'm a fan of the story, how it's filmed, the green, you know, gradient or not gradient, but the green filter they put over on top of it. It's just a cool story and really one of the best romance uh, comedies out there. Yeah, I love Amelie. Um, I have Tree of Life at ten. I think it's visually amazing. It is. I, it was. It's visually a long amazing. movie, and he tries to pull off. That's the closest I've ever seen anyone pull off two thousand one in Space Odyssey. And that's basically um, what he with was doing. The origin of yeah, I don't know if that's a a hack or what, but yeah. it's it's a cool spin on how he did it. Yeah. Well, um, I wouldn't consider him a hack just because he's so well regarded. Like if if he was some right. newbie director, but he's kind of earned his stripes and yeah, kind of right. give the benefit of the doubt. I mean that that was an amazing story, especially where it kind of goes it goes in and out of um, Brad Pitt and oh the redhead what's her Jessica, name? Chastain. Jessica Chastain's their family and right. uh, just growing up in that life that, but that was the most interesting so thing about the movie I, to me it was a good movie I thought it was so well done uh, I put the social network on here but in general ah, yeah. David Fincher films yeah, I love call. the style yeah, Fincher needs we've, we've talked about Fincher seven. movies before yeah. she, she brought, Rachel brought up seven um, but generally all of his movies look beautiful. You know, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was at least nominated. That's, that's a good call, yeah. Um, you know, but in general, his movies. 
uh, the King's Speech. I put this on there because I Good believe that choice. this director, um, uh, Tom Hooper, has a very unique style of yeah, filming. Yeah, he movies. does. And of course, those came up. Those went head to head in 2010 and King's Speech one. But he's got a really cool eye. Les Mis. I mean, that was a beautiful yeah, movie. It was right? uh, kind of annoying, but it was a beautiful movie. I love Les Mis. Uh, Inception. I bring up Inception because I think you know, for the most part, every movie that Christopher Nolan does looks beautiful. Whether mm-hmm. it's a, a right. Batman or uh, the Prestige. I mean, he his style of filming. Oh, and Inception. Oh, God. Inception yeah. was fantastic it was. when it comes to. And I'm sure someone. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, what they pulled off the camera tricks. You know, the spinning rooms. It's just cool stuff. American Beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel brought it up already. Pretty much anything Sam Mendes touch, touches, it yeah. generally wins. So, Road of Perdition, we know that one. Um, Skyfall was nominated, which that's like the only Bond movie, movie that anyone's ever said looked good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good call. Legend of the Fall. Love that movie. And since you said it a second ago, uh, a river. Wait, did you say a river runs through it? No, but no. that's a good choice. Yeah. That, and, that's kind of go and hand they in won, hand. They won back to back. They were were they nominated back? Oh, did back? they really? Because they they know, remind me of yeah. each other anyway. Okay, so, so River Run runs through it one in ninety three, and then Legends of the Fall one in nineteen ninety five. So How pretty funny. close to yeah. it. Yeah, and both just beautiful oh, movies. Once again, that just capture landscape. Yeah, and uh, things like that. It's funny how. I just have an appreciation for, you know, I'm not that we don't have, all don't have appreciation for nature, but it's funny how a lot of these cinematography movies, you know, will at least get recognized and seem like they win pretty. Yeah. Uh, a, a respectful amount have won because of it. I just think that's kind of cool. I get so excited, you guys. <laughs> so, Simon's good. Schindler's List is another one. Um, it's the best. Well, so is Saving Private Ryan. It was really was a toss up. I think it was which one I just like to watch more right. in between those two but i think spielberg was pretty much what i his movies came up i think the most in that and when uh researching all this stuff oh did they oh uh, uh close encounters one et was nominated raiders was nominated um obviously schindler's list one saving private ryan ryan one lincoln was nominated like the guy but but, but yeah they all well deserved if you think about how they war horse was nominated oh yeah yeah i mean the guy I forgot that sh- movie happened exactly right yeah. uh, i don't crazy how many people like that movie i didn't hate it but i, I didn't, hate it, but didn't it's, think it was no. deserving right. of a best picture absolutely not but yeah it was pretty yeah it was pretty <laughs> for know. sure so i don't know uh here's my you know real i have real tenant bombs uh okay braveheart I thought about putting this on my list, but in the end, it's like, you know what? I didn't even think about it when mm. I thought about most of these movies. But it, it, what they pulled off, it's stunning. And that could be more special effects, but whatever. Okay, Lord of, The Lord of the Rings, A Fellowship of the Ring. Good now, I didn't even this is the those. only one that it's I really, really liked out of all six of uh, uh, Jackson's movies. I, I know the, the, the King... The King and I. What is it? Return of the King one. <laughs> but the Fellowship of the Ring is the only one where they use practical effects. And that that track shot that they use at the end of the movie where they're fighting down the hill against mm-hmm. the I guess the orcs or whatever. Oh, that's one of the most fascinating I don't know that's a very fascinating fight sequence where you're dealing with terrain mm-hmm. and just one shot. And right. that camera's going in and out, in and out, up and down, up above the trees, below the trees, down the hill. And you're going in and out of Boromir. And it's a, it's a beautiful shot. That movie was so well done uh, visually. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much you all like that 
you know those movies, but I like my. I, I'm not as into them as a lot of people, but I like them. To me, the Fellowship of the Ring stands out. Yeah, Did it's by it's by far my favorite one. I can't distinguish any of them. Sure. There's fantasy movies. There was a lot really more like CGI them, so. in the other two, but this for one sure. there wasn't, which is what I love. So I will much say about they all it. look beautiful, but I credit that yeah. mostly to New Zealand. Um, I didn't <laughs> think about this movie, so I didn't put it on the list. But I just love this movie and how it looks. Glory. Glo- right so I the beat scene at the yeah. end of it. i mean it doesn't matter yeah. glory is, is a fantastic plus it's got a great score the abyss how they did the abyss oh, yeah. is an enigma and i know Especially to this day and harris then. still won't even talk about the abyss because of what they had to go through to film this movie they built the largest tank ever to 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 film this to put this contraption down into like a have you ever read this the, the statistic the, the the information about how they made this movie mm-hmm we don't have time to go through it now, but it, apparently it was uh, quite the ordeal. So, um, whatever, well, well worth it whatever James Cameron us. does with his movies that deal with water, he puts his actors through the ringer. Yeah. Uh, Miller's Crossing, Crossing, that's my tribute to the Coen brothers. You know, I think I can say the same for Fargo. Yeah. That I'm a big Miller's Crossing fan. Um, Pride and Prejudice, that's my tribute to Joe Wright. I was actually surprised it didn't make your list. Well, I, I think I it's filmed beautifully. Atonement is what comes up a lot. Atonement was nominated. Right. Pride and Prejudice wasn't. But there's, a, there's an amazing tracking shot. I think it's just as good as the one in Children of Men. But that's really the only thing you, you kind of think about. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're, where they're, they're in the war scene and they're walking up and down the beach. Um, I know exactly. It's yep. crazy it was, how long awesome. that tracking yeah, shot is. It goes on is. for a long time. Um, but I, I choose Pride and Prejudice because of the tricks they pull off with the camera. It's really cool. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Children, oh, there's Children of Men. Uh, I wrote down The Piano. The movie oh. with Harvey Keitel. Yeah, where and, he shows his wiener. And uh, Holly Hunter. <laughs> but I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah. A really cool filter they put on that, too. Um, there's A River Runs Through It, Dick Tracy, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, right? So there's some call. cool tricks with the camera. And yes. I know when Rachel watched it, I said, did you catch some of the tricks they did with just, you, you know, the movement in the background to, to make it look like there might be a cartoon character there? They just, And it was nominated for um, Good, you know, well-deserved. Amadeus. Was uh, another one because it was just God, what a movie! Um, the Natural. I gotta bring up some older ones here. So I and there's only now there's three here. The Graduate. They did some really cool stuff in The Graduate. Lawrence of Arabia and 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, and I had some other one randoms here at the end. So Open Range, another. Oh yeah, Kevin Costner. Range, yeah. Hero, the uh, the foreign film with Jet Li, just beautiful. Train Spotting because Danny Boyle pulls off some cool stuff. With where he overdoses in the in the rug, the obviously the toilet scene we've talked about, just some yeah. cool stuff in there, and uh, last but not least, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. I hadn't considered Boogie Nights, yeah. but the, it does have some great, really Magnolia too. Now that I think about it, I thought it. about Magnolia. Well, I mean, I, I wrote down almost every single one of P. T. Anderson's movies. Yeah. Um, like because punk struck, punk struck love. He does some the cool master. Stuff in. The master has some. Yes, some yeah. I mean it, it had a lot of great shots. You you can put almost all of his movies in there. And um, the reason I kind of left Magnolia off is because they edit so much to other characters. They do. That's you know, true. And I want to bring something up. One movie that really surprised me that was that one for cinematography was a JFK in nineteen seventy or sorry nineteen ninety two. Uh, I don't know how long it's been since y'all seen JFK. I I've love, watched it tons of times. I, I love, love JFK. Now, I always loved it because of the editing, and I thought it was fascinating. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was nominated. It may have won for I editing think it as did well. Win, yeah. So it's like, usually your editing movies don't win cinematography. It right. has to be because of the style, uh, the time period, 
Mm-hmm. So again, the set pieces, the yeah. costumes, these are the things I'm just noticing over and over and over again that complete the cinematography category. Right. I just thought it was really interesting. Just kind of sum it all up, you know, um, clearly I love anything visual. I love photography. I love, yeah. you know, all that stuff. I'm very passionate about it. And I think y'all, I know you're all hanging in there. This isn't your favorite subject. And there's probably some people who were like, yeah, this isn't the best podcast I can listen to, but I think it's good that we can at least give it a little bit of appreciation. I'm so glad y'all stepped outside of the box for me. We got it out of the yeah. way. I had a good time tonight. <laughs> and, and I, I mean, I thought y'all did a good job. I was really, I was really kind of excited to hear what you'd say. And I was Thanks. going to pounce if you put the Godfather in there because i think it's amazing <laughs> well i did bring up it wasn't nominated and it wasn't it didn't win anything I know. but when you brought up that scene i was like dang you really had nothing to say to that because that was kind of a cool sh- a cool shot and you know that well, scene that was before ends. they really did crane shots and, and all that wasn't it and i'm not so really, how would they even film it that's true when and, and i'm not even knocking the movie because i still give both those movies right. a 10 uh, i was just like but those are editing acted and screen you know script but when you said that, I was like, shit, Rach got me. So. <laughs> yes. Well, I think of how that scene ends, too. It's one of my favorite uh, kills in a movie, either the way it's filmed. Because if you remember, Vito finally catches up to him in his apartment. He goes up, and there's that light that's flickering on and off. Mm-hmm. And you see De Niro in the background, and you know, lights him up, fades away, lights him up, fades away. It makes it really intense. Did one score? Oh, Hugo. I was going to say, did one Scorsese movie make it? But, you know, not one Oliver Stone movie. Well, we brought up JFK, but, you know, again, both those directors are known for editing. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Anyway. It's true. Um, no, the, and you know what? Uh, I had fun listening to you uh, talk about cinematography, even if I couldn't talk about it as much. Uh, and I know that there's going to be a lot of people. I think we're going to post this on some, like, different, uh, maybe some um, some message boards and forums that will appreciate this. Well, hopefully like I did should. it some justice. You know, I don't know everything about it all, but I at least recognize it. And if anything I can get out of it, I know you two are more script-based, you know, character development. Yeah. Maybe I can force some of that stuff on you all if I start <laughs> catching this stuff. Not that you don't. Not that you yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, I definitely catch it and appreciate it. It's just not my... Um, like my. It's, it's not, not your thing. forte. It's right, more my forte. Right, exactly. I mean, I think yeah. that's kind of what makes it fun when we yeah. get together and talk yeah, about for stuff. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. anyway, high five. Yeah, high five. Rage. Good stuff. There we go. There we go. That <laughs> is Pulp Fiction's view on the best movies featuring fantastic cinematography. Uh, or our top know. five cinematographies. <laughs> How about our top five pretty movies. We should have gone with that from the very beginning. I thought about that earlier. And we should have like, nah. just said that. That makes <laughs> so much easier. And it makes sense. Uh, and if you have uh, some favorite movies, pretty movies that you'd like to share with us be sure to go to our facebook page or to our website and let us know leave some comments uh we'd love to hear from you and be sure to tune in next week when we'll have a brand new top five list we don't know what it is yet but we will have one thank you so much for listening bye-bye